Good morning, Joy Church. So awesome to see you guys this morning. Man, I'm just so happy to be here. You know, this, this weekend is so good. It's, it's proof that there, that there is a king seated in heaven. All right. The Ducks defeat the Huskies. Oh, it's a good Sunday. You know, there's just a happier energy around when it's been a good weekend. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a University of Oregon alum, and, you know, there's not much of a better feeling than, than, than when you get to put the football stomp on a Huskies. Yeah. Mm. Got him. All right. It's my jam, but just not right now. Uh, but uh, anyways, I, I'm so happy to be here this morning. Uh, for some of you up there in like the, the cheap seats up top, I can see you. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, I can see you like squinting. You're like, bump, bump. Jake get get did Jake get younger? No, I don't think that's Jake. Did Bethany get like really ugly? <laughs> no, no. My, my name's my name's Kyle, and uh, and and I'm the youth pastor here, along with my wife Kayla. And I'm just so happy to be here. Pastor Jake and Pastor Bethany are off on a very well deserved vacation. Having a great time this morning. Yeah, they do deserve it. So because of that, we, we decided that this morning we're going to bring a little bit of an alternate communication style. It's going to be so good. I'm going to tell you about it here in a second. But first, I just wanted to intro what we're talking about, what we've been talking about for uh, the last few weeks. We've been in this series that we're calling it Trending. And really what we're, what we're doing is we're connecting with God's timeless truth in the midst of turbulent times when what's trending isn't necessarily what's true. What's trending isn't necessarily what's true. And uh, we all know this to be the case, right? We all know this to be the case. What's trending isn't necessarily what's true. I mean, we look at fashion. Uh, I like fashion. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. My, my, my wife is into fashion, but in a different way. Uh, I'm the kind of person that's into fashion that I'm like, it's trending? Cool, let's do it. It looks bad, though. I know it looks bad, but it's fine. It's trending. It's, it's good. I'll, I'll wear the Nike Monarchs. It's fine. Which, if you don't know what that is, like the ultimate dad shoe ever, like the white ones, big chunky ones, it's my jam. It's trending. It looks ugly. It's fine. Like, and she, she's like, but you know you're going to look back in like 20 years and think, what was I wearing? I'm like, that's the fun of it. <laughs> like, if I go my whole life and I don't get to be like today's Today's 40-year-old uh, looking back and being like, what was I thinking? Was that a mullet? That was a mullet. Why did I mullet? But, but I'm into the trends, right? But, but you look at the trends, you're like, what's trending isn't necessarily always what's best. What's trending isn't necessarily what's true. So uh, this morning we are talking about this topic. I'm sure you've heard the words fake news. Fake news. That's what we're talking about this morning. So... What, what, what we mean is, what is, what is fake news? It's so, so weird that somehow, uh, you, you, if you watch the news, I, I don't know how there can be seven different topics, or seven different perspectives on the same story, and somehow all of them are still negative. Like, there's not one of them that likes the story, but, but, there's, but there's the seven different perspectives, 
this is what's wrong with it. No, this is what's wrong with it. This is what's right. No, that's not right. That's wrong. This is, this is what's right. No, that's not right. That's what's, that's what's wrong with it, right? But there's so many different perspectives. But what, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to take the fake news and, and we're going to connect it to God's story of reality and find out, hey, is what's trending actually what's true? Let's connect with God's timeless truth. So what this means, this fake news, every person here, on this, on this panel that I'm going to introduce here in a second, we're going to take a, we're going to take a lie. We're going to take a lie. We're going to take some fake news and bring God's truth into the situation and see how God can speak into the lies that are speaking into our lives. All right? It's going to be so good. I'm really excited. First service blew me away. These speakers are incredible. They're so good. Right? We've, we, I'm, I'm going to introduce them here in a second. They're so incredible. We're going to, first going to hear from Scott. Sinclair. Scott Sinclair. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Uh, you, not everybody here, I'm sure, knows Scott Sinclair, and, and, and the reason you might not know him is, is because Scott Sinclair is the kind of person, he's here, oftentimes he's here early, he sets up these lights sometimes. He's the kind of person that, that works behind the scenes, but not just in like setup and, and doing some of the, the, the work of what goes on here on Sundays, but he's also the kind of person that you don't realize it, but he's working behind the scenes in so many people's lives, right? There's this guy, he's what we call a, a disciple maker, meaning, meaning that he helps people take the next step with Jesus. He really has, there's, there's so many people that, that are amazing men of God that I've seen Scott personally have his hand in their life, personally shape them, personally help them take the next step with Jesus, which is just so cool. And it's what we're about here. So you're going to hear from Scott Sinclair. You guys are also going to hear from uh, Joe Tanner. Man, it's such a good message. I heard it last. Uh, I heard it last service. It's so good. It's really going to speak to you guys. And 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 Joe, he's really the kind of person that when you talk to him, you know he's talking to you. Like that may sound simple, but you know what I mean. Like he's not looking over your shoulder to the cooler person behind you, which for me is like everybody. Uh, he's not like looking to get into the next best conversation. Like he's talking to you, and it just feels really good. Right? He's that kind of person. I really believe that, that today he's got a message for you, and he's going to speak directly to you, right? And we also have our amazing kids pastor, Becca West. Yeah. She's going to bring, it's, it's, it's so good. She's going to bring a message, and Becca, they're, they're, she's the kids pastor here. And if you have a kid here that's been into our kids service, you know how incredible Becca is because they have a blast. Every single week they have so much fun, but what's even cooler is that she is it's not just a place where kids get dropped off and play while parents go to church. It's church. It's, it's a place where, where, where children uh, ages, ages three years old get to encounter the gospel, ages six years old, ages seven, eight, 10, 11. Children get to encounter the gospel, the real gospel, not just the Bible stories, but who Jesus is in an incredible way. And she has such a great way of, of, of capturing that story and, and, and delivering it in a way that's accessible to even five-year-olds. And how many people here are like, Sometimes I need things explained to me like I'm five. <laughs> That's me. I'm like, sometimes I just need it like a five-year-old would get it. Like, uh, sounded smart and everything, but maybe like, bring it down here where I can understand. Um, but uh, I, I promise Becca's going to speak a word into your life. And then I'll save this one for last because it might be, I'm, I'm, biased, I'm biased, but it's my favorite my beautiful wife, Kayla, is going to be bringing a message. Oh, yeah, so good. And, and, and she's the most beautiful on the whole panel. I'm sorry, Joe. But 
It's most beautiful on the panel. She's carrying my baby of 20 weeks. It's, oh man, we're so excited. Uh, but, but she's going to bring an incredible message. She's, she's really going to, she's really going to speak to you. And, and I, I believe that it's, that it's relevant. And she has, she has a way of, uh, of taking deep topics, making them accessible and to a place where they can speak directly to your heart. All right. It's going to be an incredible, an incredible four messages. Trust me, I've already heard them. It's so good. And, and just saying right now, it's time to take out your notepad because we're going rapid fire, five minutes each. You're not going to be able to connect with all these points, but I promise you want to. So get out your notepad, take notes on them because you're going to want to look back. You're going to want to go back this week and watch the online version and get it again and again and again. All right. I, I don't know how many of you guys have, uh, have heard of this like idea of like cell phone triangulation. Uh, if you watch like cop shows, you'll see it where there's like, they're trying to find the bad guy and like, he made a phone call. Now we can find him. He's like connected to this cell tower and that cell tower and that cell tower. We know he's somewhere in the middle. It's like triangulation. All right. You need three points to figure out where he's at. And, and, and I really believe that, you know, when it's, when we hear, hear four different speakers, we might be like, oh man, there's four. So one of them is bound to speak to me. But, but really what I believe for you this morning is that we've got so many perspectives coming from different angles and that there's, there's a little bit in it for each of you, or, or, or there's a little bit in it from each one, right? So we get this really great opportunity to hear so many different perspectives, and where we can bring them all in, and they're all biblical perspectives from a different place in the person's life. So here's your time to lean in, right? Because we may have four people talking, but it's really one person talking. The creator of the universe, who loves you deeply, really wants to have a personal moment experience and have a, a time with you this morning, right? He wants to speak something directly into your life. So right now is the time to lean in, get out your notepads, and know that the creator of the universe is about to take this stage. All right, here, let's go, Scott. Breaking news. Your truth may not be the truth. It looks like I'm the leadoff batter here, um, up to bat first, and I guess the best way to get on base with God is through Scripture. So I'm going to start with the Scripture. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Let's all say that together, and we'll all be speaking the word of God this morning. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. All right. So the other day, I was in McDonald's, and I was going to go in there and just get a quick sandwich, chicken sandwich. So I went up. I got my order in. I got a receipt and a little cup that they give you, you know, to get your drink in. So as I was going back to my table, I figured, well, I'll mark this table, put the cup down, put the receipt down there. I'll go wash my hands because I've been playing around with the grandkids, and you know how that goes. So... Anyhow, I go in to wash my hands and uh, come back out. And uh, there's a guy sitting at my table where I had my cup and my receipt. And I'm like, what the heck, you know? So I go over there, and he's eating a chicken sandwich. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, um, did you see a cup and a receipt on this table here? Um, he goes, nope, haven't seen it. I said, uh, is that your chicken sandwich? Yep. He picks up the receipt and he says, see, I got the receipt right here. And I'm thinking, 
what the heck? Yeah, really? So I'm thinking, okay, you got to do, you know, turn the other cheek. So I figured, all right, I'll just go order another sandwich. So I go up, order another sandwich, and he's coming up to get his order that wasn't my order. And I'm getting my order back, and I look, he gets up, and he goes over to the beverage saying to go get another soda. He's going to get a refill of my soda. I look over at the table where he was sitting, and there's a Bymart bag sitting there. And I thought to myself, ah, he really shouldn't do this. But I couldn't help myself. I, uh, against all better judgment, I might add. I rush over there. I grab the bag, and I just start heading out the door. <laughs> so I caught the guy's attention. I'm going out the door. I know he's, like, after me. I start running to my car. I jump into my car. I lock the door. I get it started. I start pulling out. He's running after me. Give me back my bag. Give me back my bag. And I look into the bag, and I see it. And I pick up, and I roll down the window, and I go, it's my bag. I got the receipt. See, right here. <laughs> so I bet you guys were wondering what's in the bag, right? A bunch of baloney, just like this story. <laughs> Your truth may not be the truth. You can't just go off of a story. God's word is the truth. So when we want to find out what truth is, we have to look and we have to investigate what God's word says. I had a song that I was told through generations that it was a song that my grandpa made up. And so we'd sing this song, you know, and I thought it was really cool. My grandpa made up the song. Well, I went to kind of a family reunion this summer, and I was talking about the song that my grandpa had made up. And my aunt, who's like 90-something years old, she goes, he didn't make that up. That's a song, a folk song. So I, like, looked it up, and it, sure enough, he didn't make it up. I believed it. So I'm saying this and to say that everything that you believe or everything that you hear isn't something to be believed, but the Bible is the truth. And the Bible is direction. So if you're on a journey, which we all are on a journey, we got to know the directions. Nobody goes on a trip. Nobody goes on an adventure without knowing where they're going or how to get there. That's just, you, you take off, you leave, where are you going to go? You don't even know where to make the first turn. The Bible has a word. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. So good. Great job, Scott. Awesome. What a good word. How many of you guys here have ever heard of the term or seen maybe on Instagram or social media, Instagram versus reality? Has anybody ever seen that before? Or maybe you've heard of this term, the Instagram mom. Oh, that girl's such an Instagram mom. Her kids are always so perfect on Instagram. There's even a thing now called the Instagram husband. You know if you're an Instagram husband because all you do is take pictures of your wife and the kids, right? And then they hashtag you Instagram husband. You know, there's this trend, like we're talking about trending, going around Instagram versus reality. And, you know, I asked my sister recently, I said, hey, I'm talking about this Instagram versus reality thing. Can you send me, a, like, if this relates to you at all in your life? She has three boys under the age of eight, so you can only imagine how wild her life is 
all the time. So she sent me this picture, and you can put this first one up here. These are my three nephews. That's Stanley, Finley, and Oliver. They are so cute. She posted this on Instagram recently, and I commented, oh, these are, these are so sweet. I miss them. I love them. It's just such a perfect picture. You know, there's, oh, I love it. And she texted me because she saw my comment, and she said, well, those little monsters made this mess about five seconds later. And you could put this one up there. <laughs> and we look at it, and it's so funny because we're like, man, that's real. That is a little bit more like real life, right? And you know what's so crazy? In today's day and age, so often we want people to see the good picture. We want people to see our kids hugging and in their perfect little outfits. And we go to church and we hope everyone thinks that we're the perfect mom. Or maybe you're a college student and, you know, you put your picture of the pumpkin spice latte and your homework and you're like, I'm not in debt. I'm so happy to be in this life. And we want people to see our perfect lives. We want people to look at us and say, man, they got it together. But so often that same person and all of us have been here before. We look at others and we say, we look at their social media. We look at their life. We look at them on a Sunday morning and we say, man, they got it together. Man, their life is just perfect. Why am I not like that? Why don't I have it together? And it's so crazy to me that we use each other as our standard and our measurement of our worth and value. And when did we get into this habit of comparing ourselves to people's Instagram pictures? They get to edit them and make them, you know, look so perfect. But that's not how God called us to think, right? And, you know, I want to ask you this question. When was the last time you... you asked yourself or you, you thought about those lies you believe your, about yourself and you said, maybe the truth that I believe about myself isn't actually truth. Like Scott said, when you compare your thoughts and your lies with the word of God, we find that your messes don't scare God. And that when you compare that lie with the Bible, you find, whoa, that lie I've been believing that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy, that, you know, I'm just bad at things. It's actually not true at all because my truth isn't God's truth. You know, for a long time, and I still do this to Kyle all the time, like, I'm not going to play that game. I'm just bad at that game. I just accept it. I'm just bad at it. And I still do this. Or I'm not going to play this. I'm just bad at sports. And I just accept it. Like, this is just who I am. And a lot of you in here today have just accepted that you're just not enough. You've accepted that you're just not good, good enough. You've accepted that you're just not going to be successful. You've accepted that your marriage is just going to be hard. But did you know if you begin to compare that lie with the word of God, with the actual truth, you'll find that it's not true. And so I want to challenge you guys today. Don't go one more day thinking that just because it's true in your brain that it's actually truth. And so today, as you go about, you know, your day and throughout your week, open up the Bible, look at the word of God and say, God, what do you say about me? You know, in Ephesians 2.10, we can put this up here. It says, for we are God's handiwork. Another version says masterpiece. And I love that word created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are God's masterpiece. And you know what's so awesome? Your mess doesn't scare God. Oh, there's a, a verse that says in your weakness, he is made strong. That when we bring our messes and our flaws and those, those things in our life that aren't Instagram perfect, perfect when we 
we bring those things to God, he says, I'm so glad you did. I still accept you as my son and my daughter. It doesn't matter what you're going through because God isn't, sca- God isn't scared of your mess. He's not afraid of your flaws. Bring those things to God this week and ask God, what do you say about me? What is your truth? And begin to give him those lies and watch how much freedom you're going to find in your life. Well, I've only got five minutes, you know, which is a lot of pressure. There's even a timer up there. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, So I want to make sure that everybody knows that I have enough spiritual cred to be up here. So uh, I do pray and read the Bible on occasion, and I fast regularly in between every meal. That's my little, you have to do that, make a little joke at the beginning so that people like you. So Uh, (laughs) when I was a kid, I uh, always dreamt of what it would be like to be rich. How many of you, by a show of hands, you ever thought about what it would be like to be rich? Come on, uh, don't act like you're all pious, you didn't take a vow of poverty or anything, maybe, maybe you did, but most of you probably didn't. Um, almost like Scrooge McDuck, you remember a DuckTales, and he would, he would just swim in this pile of money, would have everything that he wanted whenever he wanted it. I always thought when I was a kid that if you had a car phone, that made you rich. That was what made you, you'd have a phone with you wherever you went, Anytime. And that made you rich. But I never felt rich as a kid. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I always felt poor. So we grew up, uh, my parents were low income earners. My mom was sick most of the time. We lived in this old trailer. Uh, My dad went from job to job, especially early on. Uh, And it was always imbued in me that we did not have enough. We were poor. We always got secondhand clothes. We bought the cheapest groceries. We never had enough. So in fact, this spirit, this kind of poverty spirit, actually carried with me all the way into adulthood. And I remember when I got my very first place out of college, I would tell people when they would visit my home, if they were going to the bathroom, you know how there's like those, uh, the toilet paper, the two-ply? I would let them know that whenever they went, they needed to split that into two pieces. So that, actually, I didn't really do that. But <laughs> uh, even I have some limits. But I carried that poverty mentality with me um, all the way into my adult years. And the reason was, I just never felt like I had enough. Um, how many of you ever played the game or you want to win the lottery? You know, what would I do with the lottery winnings? We all want to be rich. So Gallup asked this question in a poll. What would it take for you to be rich? They asked people that made $30,000 a year, what would it take for you to be rich? The answer, $74,000 a year. Now, some of you, yeah, I heard that. Some of you, you make that much or maybe more, and you're thinking, I've got news for you. I make that much money, and I'm not rich. They asked people that made 50, how much would it take? They said 100K. They asked people that made 100K a year, how much would it take for you? The answer, 200K. They asked the top income earners in America, how much money in assets would you need to consider yourself rich? The answer was $5 million in assets. Why? I mean, nobody's rich. It's always some other guy that's rich. And the same results will happen even if you change the question. You ask people, how much would it take for you to be financially secure? 
How much would it take for you to be more generous than your, with your money? And the answer is always more than I have right now. Why is it that we never have enough? See, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you're never going to feel like you have enough. And the reason I think that happens a lot in our culture is because in American society, we often love and trust in money. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. The enough line always changes. So you make 30 and you think, if I had 50, that'll be enough. So you get to the enough line and suddenly when you get there, boop, the line moves. And now you've got to go to the $80,000 line. And you get there and boop, the line moves over here. And it's now $100,000 a year. The enough line always moves. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. So here's the lie. The lie is this. I don't have enough. That's the fake news. Now here's God's truth. Gratitude turns what you have into enough. Embrace a spirit of gratitude. Say it wherever you go. Spray it wherever you go. Thank God for the carpet under your feet. Thank him that you have indoor plumbing that works. That might sound silly, but two-thirds of the world doesn't even have that. The lie is I don't have enough, but gratitude turns what I have into enough. Good morning. The lie that um, I'm going to talk about is that the best way to deal with pain is to avoid it. <laughs> pain, there's loss, divorce, breakups. I could keep going, you know, for the next five minutes. Um, the list is pretty endless, right? But the ways we avoid it is equally endless. Food, drugs, alcohol, trying to appear perfect and put together strong like Kayla talked about earlier. I began believing this lie from a pretty young age. So one day I was nine years old and I came home from fourth grade to my dad and he said to me and my sister girls have a seat. Um, your mom is in the hospital and she has an inoperable brain tumor. That's a cancer that can't be fixed. Pain. So I chose my avoidance tactic of choice, throwing myself into school and soccer so that I didn't even think about what was going on around me. Fast forward five years later, I'm in my freshman homeroom and I get called down to the dean's office where my dad is standing to tell me that that morning my mom had died. Pain. I ramped up my avoidance tactics, and even as I'm telling you that story, I know that there's some of you in here who are thinking like, yeah, I know that feeling. I know what it's like to want to run as far away from that problem, from that pain, from that person as possible. But the truth is, thankfully I discovered it several years later, is that the best way to deal with pain is to go through it. Ouch. The best way to deal with pain is to address it to process it. And Jesus actually gives us three strategies for dealing with pain right before he goes to the cross. So in Mark 14, um, which will be on the screen in a minute, Jesus, 
he's about to go to the cross. He knows he's about to get killed, and he brings his friends to a garden to pray. So the first strategy Jesus gives us, he takes Peter, James, and John, and he tells them, my soul is sorrowful. And one translation says, I am crushed with grief to the point where I feel like I'm dying. That is vulnerable, Jesus, <laughs> right? When is the last time we were open with our friends? Like, this hurts. I'm going through something and it hurts. <laughs> so that's the first strategy Jesus gives us. The next one is he is honest with God. He says, Abba, which is like saying daddy. He calls God daddy. He says, if it is possible, please take this cup from me. Jesus is perfect. And he's saying, I don't want to do this, God. Please don't let me do this. There must be another way. Did you know it's okay to be honest with God? He's still going to love you. He's still going to respond to you and say, I love you. Um, me and my husband, a year into our marriage, we found ourselves both unemployed, and we had just gotten another disappointing interview. So we were driving along and both quiet, disappointed. And we pulled over to the side of the road because we knew something needed to change. We had an hour more to go. And we both sat in the car and scream, yell, prayed <laughs> our little hearts out, saying, God, why? Why do we have to go through this? We don't feel warm, fuzzy feelings towards you right now. If you're new to this practice of being honest before God, I would recommend looking in the book of Psalms. There's a lot of good prayers that are honest in there. So the first strategy is Jesus is open with his friends and vulnerable, transparent. The next strategy he gave us is that he's honest before God. And the third strategy that Jesus uses to process his pain is he embraces it as a process. He goes to God and prays, and then he goes back and checks on his friends. And then in verse 39, the text tells us that Jesus goes back into prayer, and he says what? The same words. Yeah. When my mom died and I was in a lot of pain, I wanted so badly one quick fix. Like, I'm going to be honest with God. I'm going to sit down, be honest, and it's all going to be better. The pain's going to go away. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> but Jesus shows us a different way. He returns to the Father again and again into the comfort of the Father's presence in an honest prayer. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, he says, I thought I could describe a state, make a map of sorrow. Sorrow, however, turns out not to be a state, but a process. So Jesus is honest with his friends. He's honest in prayer with the Father, and he embraces sorrow as a process. I know addressing the lie that it's easier to or better to avoid pain. I know that it's hard to say, no, actually the best way is to go through it. Trust me, I know. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. But I can tell you being on the side that it is far more rich if you go through the pain. So I want to leave you with this verse in Romans 8.18. It says, I consider our present sufferings are not worth compared to the glory to be revealed to us. So good. Wow. Did I tell you you need to take notes or did I tell you you need to take notes? So good. So good. I, I just encourage every person here. I, I know that God was speaking today, right? And I, I know that God was speaking directly to you today, right? Right, right into your heart. And, and I'll just encourage you, don't just let this be a, a, a Sunday Right? Don't just let this be another time at church. I, I think that's, the, that's, that's another piece of fake news for us today is that the fake news is I just, I just go to church. 
I just walk in on Sunday. I have my donut holes. I, I, I see my couple friends. I sit down and I consume a service. Like, no, that's, that's not it. I, I, I think that the, the, the truth this morning is that, that, that you're on a journey. I'm on a journey. And Jesus right now is calling you to take another step. Jesus right now, I, I know that at, at some point, hopefully at several points during this, during this sermon, there was, a, there was a little string. We all had this little string attached to our heart, and it was being pulled on. Right? There's like a little tug. You felt it, a little tug on your heart. And maybe that, maybe that tug was inspiration. Maybe that tug was a little bit of God calling you to take another step. Right? But there's something. In each, in each one of our hearts right now, God's, God's making a call to take another step. And, and, and I know that for a lot of people right in, in this place right now, you came in here, maybe it was your first time, or maybe you've been coming for a long time. Maybe this was supposed to be your last time. Saying, you know what, I'm going to give this church, I'm going to give church one more try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one more loop. God, 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 would you meet me here today? And I, and I just want to say for, for every person in this room, you didn't just get up and go to church today. You didn't just see an ad on TV. You didn't just see an ad on Facebook or Instagram. You didn't just you weren't you weren't just walking by and and came in for the free coffee. No, I I, I really do believe that 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 you're here on purpose. That, that 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 the creator of the universe who loves you and wants to have a relationship with you drew you to this place right now because he said, I got an appointment with you. I have I have I've 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 a word for you, I have a step for you. Right? So so right so right here at this moment, I, I know there's people that came in here this morning with looking for hope, looking for purpose, looking for community, looking for life, looking for a savior, looking for a, something to fill the gap in their heart. I, I, I know that. I know that. I know there's people that came in here this, this morning, and, and, and I just want to say, I just want to say you found it. In the person of Jesus, I found it in the person of Jesus. The four people that talked here on this morning found their hope, found their purpose, found life, found community, found uh, the, the, the hole for that gaping, that, or that, that, that thing that fills the gaping hole inside of our hearts right here in Jesus. You know, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis, he says this, he says, if I find in myself a hole which nothing else in this universe can fill, I must then concede that there's something outside. There's something else. There's something else created to fill this hole. And I know that some people came here this morning looking for something to fill that hole, some hope, some purpose. And I just want to tell you, if you give Jesus the chance, if you take that little step that he's tugging on your heart this morning, I, I think maybe during a part of this, God was saying, hey, here's a step. Hey, here's a step. I want you to take it. He's not, he's not taking you all the way right now, right? But he's just saying, he's just he's sitting here right here, and he's saying, Will you, will you follow me? Will you take the first step? I know there's a lot more steps. You know there's a lot more steps. You're like, yeah, you have no idea how many steps I got. You have no idea how far from perfect I am. You have no idea how far from, from Jesus I am. You have no idea I couldn't ever possibly come that far. But Jesus isn't saying, I, saying I, hey, I'm not asking you to take the whole trip right now. I'm just saying, would you take that step? Would you take that step? And I, and I know that right now... And, and some of your hearts right now, Jesus is just pulling on, on that heart string. He's saying, hey, this is you. This is for you. This is that step. 
This is, this is how you fill that hole. This is how you find that purpose. This is how you find that life. This is how you find that hope. And so, so right now, I just want to invite everybody, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, we're going to have a little bit of an intimate moment with Jesus right now. We're going to have each get into our own zone. It's just, it's just you here right now. And, and, and if, if you're here this morning, you're saying, that's me. Jesus is calling me right now. Jesus is pulling on my heartstring. I just want you to lift your hand up real fast. Lift your hand up. Thank you. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. I just want to give another moment because this is the most amazing decision you could ever make. To give Jesus that piece of your heart. Say, you know, I'm going to follow. Give you one last chance. Thank you. That's so cool. That's so cool. All right. I'm going I'm to lead you guys in a prayer here real fast. And I just want you to know it's not a magic prayer. It's not the, the, this, this combination of words makes me right with Jesus. It's simply this. It's simply this. It's simply a prayer. It's simply you talking to God. And if you mean it, it'll change your life forever. If you, if you, if you mean the words we're about to say, it's going to change your life forever. All right? So if you guys want to repeat this after me, everybody can join in. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm messed up. Would you help me to follow you wherever, whenever, do whatever? Jesus, I believe you are God. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead for all the messed up stuff I did. Would you help me to follow you? In Jesus' name, amen.